Good evening, you fantastic and glorious degenerates of this floating rock that we call Earth. Welcome to the Cajun Libertarian Show. I am your host, Noelle O'Lynn. Yes, we are changing things up a little bit tonight and forevermore. Tonight, we have the amazing Clint Russell from Liberty Lockdown, one of the fastest, largest growing podcasts and great voices in the libertarian movement. Very well informed, very intelligent, very educated and well-spoken. Cannot wait to have him on here in just a few minutes on the Cajun Libertarian Show, and we are live. Yes, yes, and yes. Welcome back to the Cajun Libertarian Show. I'm your host, Noel O'Lynn, and we have another new sponsor for the show. DeSoto.com. D-Y-S-D-O.com. I am wearing one of their merch shirts that they sent me right here, right now. Dangerous Liberty over Peaceful Slavery. I'll move the mic. Dangerous Liberty Over Peaceful Slavery. Please go check them out. DeSoto is a libertarian-owned shirt company with designs intended to start a conversation. Use code CAJUN15, C-A-J, I was going to say G, C-A-J-U-N-1-5, CAJUN15, for 15% off your order at DeSoto.com. That's D-S-Y-D-O.com, DeSoto.com. I'd also like to give a big... Huge shout out to gang. That's hashtag gang gang online. I was informed that most of y'all are listening tonight and was asked to give a shout out. And I am absolutely delighted to do so. So shout out to gang. And with that being said, let's bring on the man of the hour, Mr. Clint Russell himself. Clint, how what are you? Do? I'm good, man. What's going on, baby? I'm doing uh, good. Just, Excellent. Just a... Uh... Reveling in the fact that Jimmy Dore read one of my tweets uh, on his show yesterday, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, I saw that. That's freaking awesome, dude. He's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got a huge huge show, and um, I've been wanting to get Jimmy on my show forever. So hopefully, this is the uh, the entree to make that happen. Uh, who knew that a stupid Brian Stelter being a sentient potato joke would be the uh, <laughs> you know the olive branch to get his attention? So you never know. Maybe it'll happen. Oh, well, I, I think it will happen. That's a um, that was a great tweet, by the way. I know it was just a stupid <laughs> joke, but it really was funny. I literally saw it just minutes before uh, before we got started. Maybe maybe thirty minutes max before we got started. And I was like, oh my god, Clint got on the Jimmy Dore show <laughs> with a crazy, great man. tweet. Oh yes, and uh, oh R.I.P. to uh, Brian Steltzer, the absolute greatest journalism or journalist of journalism, of all the journalism that can be poured of journalisming all over us in a hot, wet fashion. RIP to your career. I, I am being sincere when I say he will be missed. Uh, I really believe <laughs> that, you know, it's kind of like having Biden as president. You want you want your enemies to be as awful as possible, you know, like right. <clears throat> as transparently bad at their jobs as possible because, man, he couldn't have done a better job. So, uh, you know, let's hope he lands on his feet and gets another kick here. So. <laughs> well, I imagine he'll probably, at the very least, get a nice little book deal out of it. Who knows? Some. But I, yeah. Yeah, I, I do find it quite um, dashingly ironic that instead of just killing the show that was like 30, 40-something years old, I, I, I heard this on the radio multiple times. I'm like, it, it was a, a program that was very old, very well credited, been around a long time. He single-handedly murdered that show. And instead of saying, okay, we'll kill the show, but we'll give you another gig. Nah, CNN just said peace. Oh, dude. <laughs> it, I mean, I think they're going to do it to their entire lineup, to be honest. Um, yeah. And and it's, I mean, it's, it's needed to happen for a long time. So uh, I'm not at all surprised. The ratings are absolutely horrific. Uh, it's funny because, you know, their, their propaganda is in part the reason that Donald Trump's not president right now. And if Donald Trump was president right now, their ratings would still be solid. So they actually, uh, right. they did too good of a job and they lost their jobs because of it. 
<laughs> That's well said. I actually made a meme a long time ago. It was right after Trump uh, left the office before I ever started podcasting, uh, which is I've, I've barely been doing this a year. But um, I, I had made a meme, and I'm sure you're familiar with the template. It's Wolverine with the picture frame and his hands missing it. And I placed CNN's logo over Wolverine's face and put a picture <laughs> of Donald Trump on it because their ratings just tanked after he left. It said that that was all they had. Now he's gone. And so is essentially CNN. Um, you know, obvi- other than the obvious, right? Just straight propaganda for the left wing. Look, MSNB- MSNBC is as well, but at least they're open about the fact that they're progressive leftists. CNN tries to poise themselves and present themselves as a moderate and not, you know, unbiased organization. So why did they continue to do that when the entire world knew they were lying? <clears throat> well, I, I, I don't think that they were necessarily trying to position themselves that way. I mean, it's the same way that <coughs> Fox News says they're, you know, they were fair and balanced for the longest time. That's what they, their, right. their moniker was. And it's like, <laughs> none of this is unbiased, you know. Uh, none of this is balanced, and and I think that uh, you know the sooner people realize it, the better. Uh, I'm I'm just grateful that you know they're they're feeding their audience what they want to hear, and and they're you know progressively, uh, pun intended, uh, dividing us you know more and more rapidly ideologically to the point that you know peaceful secession and things of, of that nature start to become popularized because there's no like the the average Fox News viewer and the average MSNBC or CNN viewer. They their worldviews are so you know diametrically opposed that right. uh, I think at some point we have to realize there's no putting Humpty Dumpty back together again and and uh, you know if we can if we can do it in a peaceful fashion it's to the benefit of everybody involved so that's my hope I know it's it's uh it's far fetched to believe that that's even a possibility at this point but I really think that things are going to get so ugly that you know people will look back on these conversations in 2022 where we're saying, Hey, we should probably have a peaceful divorce here. Uh, and they'll say, man, those guys were, they were onto something. I think you're absolutely correct because, um, quite honestly, I'm not sure that I see any path forward. I don't know how we can share a government quite literally with, uh, these, these new progressives and the far right or alt right, you know, far right and alt right are different. I know you know that, but a lot of people don't understand that. I had to have, to, had to have that conversation with my father this week. He was like, "Those people aren't right wingers." I'm like, "Yes, they are, Dad. They're alt right. They're alternative right. Okay, and mm-hmm. they're just as bad as the progressive left." And but we're not going to be able to share a government with these people. So if there's going to be any hope for peace moving forward, I don't see how it's in any other manner than a peaceful divorce. So I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, well, if I mean, and if, if you really want to go down the rabbit hole, um, what uh, JFK Jr.'s most recent interview, I forget the guy's name, uh, Jeffrey Sachs, I believe, yep. it's absolutely jaw-dropping. It, it's all about the origins of COVID. I won't say any of it on your show because I don't want to get you in trouble, but yeah, I, um, I, I highly recommend that people go listen to it. It's on Spotify. It's incredible um uh, my personal opinion after listening to it i mean it, i've already had most of this information because my show is liberty lockdown i've been you know researching right. and studying this stuff for over two years now um but to have some extra dots that are connected in that i'm 99 percent convinced that our our intelligence agencies have infiltrated uh, obviously our media but what people aren't aware of is that they have also infiltrated our you know medical health establishment to a start stunning degree um and i think that's the reason that we had such a hellacious experience over the past two and a half years so um you know until people are willing to come to terms with that and realize hey you can't you can't remedy this you know the people that are supposed to stop crime are in fact at the highest levels orchestrating it well how do you reform that you you really don't yeah i don't see there's any I, i don't know or see that there's any way to remedy any of it outside of um, abolishing it, to be quite honest. And this is something we've called for for a long time, right? Abolish the IRS, abolish the CIA, abolish the FBI, abolish the DAS, DHS, abolish the Department of Education. These are all sound things to do. And now we have, like, you know, mainstream Republicans like Glenn Beck and Jesse Kelly advocating for it. Uh, There's no path forward into 
uh, private security without the abolishment of these agencies. However, I don't see that there's enough of the major talking heads signing on to it. Right. So I, I, I can't stand. I'll be honest with you. I, just, I can't stand Sean Hannity. Like it, he yeah. makes me nauseous when he just comes across yeah, my airwaves. Terrible. And then you got the, the same thing for uh, what's those two guys names. The ones that took over rush. Um, Clint, uh, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Same thing. I just can't do it. Right. And they're literally they sound like Mike Pence and Mike Pence. I'm sure you heard that speech come across the airwaves over the last week talking about we're, the Republican Party is the party of law and order. And we shouldn't be talking about abolishing the FBI. We just need to root out the corruption. Brother, the entire FBI agency is corrupt. The entire CIA and IRS, they are rooted, founded and operated in the blood of corruption, period, full stop. So there's yeah. no way from, that you from their inception out. I think Correct. that's the, the the key thing to note is like this isn't some modern iteration of the FBI. This is a deeply corrupt organization from its inception. It has always been utilized to pursue uh, political dissidents as well as political enemies. Right. The it maybe it's a relatively modern iteration with within the IRS and things like that where it's being used to pursue uh, those same enemies. But regardless, uh, it all needs to be abolished, or at the very minimum, uh, we need to opt out, you know, have, have some sort of separation where the people that want that insanity can keep it. And those that are sane would like to, uh, exit stage left. And, and, you know, that's, that's my hope is that that happens because I really believe it gets very ugly, very violent if it doesn't occur. So, you know, we have someone like Ted Cruz, who's a longtime, uh, Republican Senator tweeting out abolish the IRS today. You know, I don't believe that he means it. I don't believe that he has any intention of implementing it. Uh, but it is nice to see that that you know some very uh, hardcore libertarian beliefs are starting to be spoken, you know, like that yeah. from from high levels, and and that's important. You know, people can poo poo it and go, "Oh, Ted Cruz isn't going to do shit." It's like, no, of course he's not going to do shit. But right. it's still it's still a step in the right direction that we can even get people to start saying these things. And that's been my argument, one hundred percent. Uh, is that even now that it's even being uttered out loud is an absolute step in the right direction. Scientific Libertarian yeah. 2.0 says, calm down, guys. They, they clearly said income tax want to be temporary, right? Yeah. So um, a, a great motto, joke, or slogan, whatever you want to phrase it as, label it as, is um, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary government agency. Right? Yeah, well, as, soon as, as soon as World War One ends, I'm sure the IRS is going to, Close up shop so everybody everybody can relax. Uh, yeah, I mean, great. <laughs> it's it like that. That's that's the whole reason that I, I you know started my show was because I, I understand that any sort of temporary government apparatus becomes permanent unless there is yeah. absolute outrage, pushback, constant, um, and that's what I hoped to provide. You know, just a, my very minor way against the lockdown regime um, and you know, the medical tyranny, fascism, whatever you want to call it, that we've experienced over the past two and a half years. And it seems as if they have realized, you know, whatever their intentions were with that apparatus, they had to take a step back for a time. Um, And I don't think that that happens if it's not for, you know, people like us that are out here saying, hey, this is not something we're willing to deal with for the rest of our lives. And you got to you got to stop here. Um, And obviously they're they're realigning. They're going to use these in different, uh, you know, methodologies, be it central bank digital currencies and social credit scores and all sorts of other stuff that we're going to have to be extraordinarily vigilant for. But I, I always try and just remind people like as, as defeated as we feel and as you know awful as these past couple of years have been, we are still winning to some extent, you know, like yeah. it could, it could be much, much worse right now had we all just bit our tongues and taken the jab and shut up. Um, so hmm. I, I, I just hope people are encouraged that, you know, it does make a difference. Peaceful, uh, you know, protest and, and, you know, throwing off the shackles. It makes a difference. Amen. Absolutely. 100% agree. And while we peacefully revolt, because that word, that operative word there is peacefully all, we also must be obviously cognitively aware of what's going on around us. And we are not reliant on state actors for ours or our children's safety 
And I want to come back to the social social credit score thing that you were just talking about because we want to get in a little bit into the ESG stuff. But real quick, talking about personal safety, Gap Armory. Gap Armory carries a wide variety of parts and success, accessories. Whether you're looking for build kits for 3D printed firearms, optics, outstanding level four body armor, or anything in between, they have you covered. Gap Armory is libertarian owned and operated. They also accept Bitcoin. Gap Armory has the gear you need to bridge the gap in your defense preparedness. Get what you need today at GapArmory.com. That's GapArmory.com, G-A-P-A-R-M-O-R-Y.com, GapArmory.com. Check them out. I've had him on the show several times. He's been sponsoring the show for a long time. Great dude, great company. Check them out for your 3D printed firearms and more today. So carrying along that same line of what we're just talking about, you know, obviously self-defense is, is paramount. We saw what happened in Uvalde. Do not trust these state actors to take care of your kids and keep you safe. Get yourself prepared, not just with firearms, ammunition, but also with food and water. And now we're having to deal with this. And, and like I told you before the program, I listened to you and Matt Kibbe <laughs> show. Shout out to Matt Kibbe and another shout out to the gang. Hashtag gang gang. Uh, Matt Kibbe's been on the show a couple of times. You were on his show talking about ESG and basically what Glenn Beck, who, in my opinion, has the greatest investigative journalistic team in the world right now. They've been covering ESG, and I'm one of those kids that I told you uh, I, I fell into it after it was cool, right? But apparently you, apparently you have been following, understanding. You're a finance guy, an extremely intelligent finance guy. You've known about these ESGs and social credit scores, this great reset. And for those of you that don't know, ESG is environmental, social justice, and governance um, scores, right? So how you operate your business. So, and I've talked to a great friend of mine who's an oil and gas executive and said, it doesn't even matter how much clean energy you're proposing or how many elements of clean energy you plan to implement. They were given better ESG scores if they had like let's say trans persons in higher elements of their hierarchy or yeah you know, that's the s that's the aspect that's the of aspect it. so give us uh your thoughts on that because you're you're well versed in it you're much more educated in esg and social credit score but in regards to how it's happening now and what i heard from you on matt kibby show is it's been happening for 18 years which is yeah. beyond my understanding. So, you know, as, as best as you can with that broad A question that I just presented to you, <laughs> give us your thoughts on that, please. Well, I, when I say 18 years, that's when it, it's its inception was 18 years ago in terms of like philosophically, ideolo ideologically, okay. in terms of implementation, the rollout took years for them to get all the biggest businesses on board. And it didn't really pick up steam until probably 2018 or 2020 even uh it really you know caught fire at that point um right. but you have the biggest money managers on earth that are all on board they're all managing tens of trillions of dollars by some estimates it's over 50 trillion that is being uh doled out in some sort some form of esg guidance uh and when you have that amount of money that's that's being pushed under this ideological framework uh you end up with malinvestment that's extraordinarily dangerous uh, this is very similar to keeping interest right. rates hyper low for for too extended of a period of time you just create malinvestment across the across the board that eventually the piper gets paid and um you know i think that that's what we're seeing in places like sri lanka obviously europe right. uh germany the e exploding costs of uh utilities because I mean, it's not like everyone wants to blame it on on Russia or the sanctions on Russia or the war in Ukraine or whatever. Right. Um, this is a much, much deep, much more deep seated problem. They they have been aggressively moving off of nuclear power as well as, you know, fossil fuels because they have this stupid agenda 2030. And, and uh, I, I they're they're true believers, man. I mean, like when yeah. when these people go to the World Economic Economic Forum in Davos and they sit around and they talk about this stuff um they're sincere and and they are they are of the belief that if we do not migrate and get to net zero carbon emissions by 2030 or you know maybe a couple of years later um that the world essentially ends and they're they're behaving in that fashion you know they they believe that sacrificing the individual to to preserve the collective is ultimately you know the moral right thing to do and it's a moral good 
And when you have that, that framework, um, you know, that, that mental lattice work, you can, you're capable of extraordinary evil. Uh, and right. I think that's what we're witnessing is that, you know, the, the inflation, the, the shortages of, you know, the things that make life uh, survive, uh, you know, oil, gas, food, all those things, they are, they are willing to, to sacrifice in the interim and, and the people are going to have to decide, are we going to allow these lunatics to, to run us into the rocks? Or are we going to, you know, let them know it's not going to be, it's not going to get played out how you expect. Yeah. And, and so uh, something that's been refreshing to see is, is major players like, and I, and I always mess this guy's name up. I got some sort of mental block on it for some reason, but Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. 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 Okay. Uh, he's somebody that's fighting back in a real way. He, uh, from my understanding, my very shallow and, and ignorant understanding of it, is basically he's trying to uh, present to us in a economic fashion an, an apparatus that, you know, okay, great. Yeah. Alternative. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alternative, strive, strive, capitalistic manner. Yeah. In a, yeah, it's a strive, strive asset management. Uh, it just got. It's actually. I think it's actually rolling out in September, um, so just a few weeks from now. And it's an ETF that goes back to the basics of, hey, we're going to chase real returns and real production. Right. Uh, what a what a novel concept, right? Um, but it, it's it's throwing off the shackles of ESG ideology and the framework therein. Uh, and I obviously I'm I'm rooting for them. I, I think yeah. what what people don't understand is the the relationship to the the central banks of the world and the Federal Reserve, most particularly, um, gives a competitive advantage to the the company the money managers that already exist that are already playing this game. Um, State Street, BlackRock, Vanguard, they all have relationships with the Federal Reserve. I am not at all certain that they will give that same Fed window access to someone like Vivek. And if if he doesn't have that access. It's not a it's not a level playing field, you know. He's going to have to right. outcompete uh, what I what I consider to be fascistic business models, um, and that's not easy to do. 100%. I mean, think about trying to compete against uh, some CCP owned uh, megacorp in China as a startup. You know, like you don't you don't win that fight. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, the American economic model is far more similar to the CCP model. Than even the most black peeled black peeled people want to admit. Uh, so it's going to be a true test, you know, and it's going to require the consumer to decide. You know, I'm going to remove my money from the the management structure of ESG guidance and and migrate it over towards this uh, this upstart. And obviously, he's getting a ton of money thrown his way right now. Yeah, I think he's he's gonna he's going to have some level of success, uh, but it's you know, it's to be determined. Yeah, TBD for sure. But I do think that there, at the at a minimum, uh, just the current trajectory of the success that it, it's obviously looking like that he's going to have. What that's measured in is yet to be seen. Like you said, TBD. But putting a dent in it is a massive. Situation. Oh, it's meaningful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and even I would, I would probably project that even more than just the dent economically that he can put in it. Um, people like yourself and Glenn Beck, um, everybody spreading awareness about the Great Reset, about ESG, about Davos. I think that's going to have a much more massive impact on the people's hearts and minds. And then people actually taking their money out of these systems that invest in the vanguards, the Black Rocks, the State Streets, and moving, moving them into his organization – or, or just not even moving them into anything right. might actually present a, a better alternative and a, and a much more successful avenue. And it not necessarily just overtaking the entire social credit score model, because at the end of the day, that's what this is. It's social credit, right? It's not just ESG. That's just it's corporate, it's corporate social credit. And, and this is I've made this point many times, but it's important to make it again that, you know, while the Alex Jones of the world and all the conspiracy mm -hmm. theorists of the world were pontificating on social credit scores in the back door came corporate credit scores, which had yep. outsized power. Um, and I don't think anybody really understood it until very recently. Um, you know, I only really understood it deeply about, you know, a year and a half ago. Um, and I'm extraordinarily grateful that there's so many big voices out there that are 
sounding the alarm alongside me because uh, I certainly can't do it on my own. Uh, but right. Alex is right about one thing. We are in an information war. Like that is 100% what, where we're at. And um, this is why the, the censorship apparatus, you know, has has grown so strong and uh, and why they're booting everybody from everything. Uh, because, you know, we're we are a Hydra. We're an infinite Hydra. We have so many heads <laughs> to this thing. And they just keep chopping us off, but there's always one to take its place. And, um, you know, ultimately, I believe truth wins out. So I just think that uh, the more courage, more people are are putting their their thumbs on that that lever to say, hey, this yeah. is a problem and this is going to create a catastrophe if we don't stop it. You know, hopefully, hopefully enough people catch on. Uh, I think it's also a, a multi front battle in that you have now some Republican politicians, which are speaking out against it, DeSantis most notably, but there's other yeah. uh, local state representatives that are rolling out uh, laws that say, essentially, if if you are trying to implement ESG within our state, you can't do business here. And I think it's, you know, is, as much as I hate to go the status route, um, I think that given how perilous this is, uh, it's important right. that, you know, people look at, at those options because you know, people will say, oh, well, that that's a status solution. I'm like, hey, it's a status problem. So right. if you have a if you have a federal level status problem and it's like life ending, potentially uh, that's right. to look to look at this state level governance as a potential band aid to that issue in the interim, I think is a perfectly libertarian vantage point to hold. And, you know, some people will disagree with me, no doubt, but I don't think I'm wrong. Well, no, I mean, you nailed it, right? I mean, that That's what. A lot of one of the biggest issues that I face in the libertarian movement and speaking with these people in a broad scale all the time is that we want this libertarian utopia tomorrow. <clears throat> but the problem is, is that we're not going to get that tomorrow. No. We have to operate within the common sense and confines of the current system that we have right now. And when you have something that is, like you said, as perilous, <clears throat> excuse me, as ESG barreling down our throats which could be a country killer and that is not hyper hyperbolic y'all i'm not speaking hyperbolically they no. literally sri lanka five years ago was a rich country they adopted all of these esg grace reset measures and they just had a real insurrection and the entire country is in shambles so yeah. this isn't a this isn't fear porn this is what's happening and we need the greatest measures to take against it Otherwise, that could eat. That's that's one of the biggest. That, I can't stand that. That could never happen to us. Yes, the epic can, and it oh, yeah, might. It so wake up and figure out what's going on. So, yeah. um, uh, same same thing with Europe, man. I mean, people yeah. think that that I'm I'm fear mongering about what's happening in Europe. I am. If anything, I am underselling it. And if you look at the Chinese economy, it's in incredible danger too. Um, and unfortunately, you know, or, or fortunately, it comes with obviously pluses and minuses of a, a globalized right. economy that one of these dominoes tips over um, due to derivatives markets and things of that nature. I could go into, you know, how this all is connected. But uh, obviously, there's trade markets that imp uh, impact it. But then there's also the derivatives contracts, which blow up the entire banking system. If one of these countries goes under, one of these major countries goes under. Um you know, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm overstating it to say like, this is, this is very urgent. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see if I'm right. If, uh, if China, if the Chinese economy eats shit over the next 12 months, you can look back on this and go, okay, Clint knows what he's talking about. If you, <laughs> if you see the, uh, the utilities, uh, costs, you know, freezing people to death in Europe this winter, yep. then you can again, look back on this and go, okay, Clint was right. Um, yep. and I hope I'm wrong, you know, I really do. Uh, yeah. but based off of what I'm, what I'm reading and what I'm researching, it looks very, it looks very bleak. Yeah. It looks very terrible. I mean, I, I, here's one of the other bigger issues that we have. One thing that COVID did do, right. The COVID tyranny, it, it helped us to grab a lot of people in the red pill matrix sense. I, I for whatever sure. reason, I have to explain that garbage all the time. Like red pill is not Republican. Okay. Red pill is waking up, blue pill is staying asleep. It's a matrix reference. Go look it up. Anyway, uh, something that the COVID tyranny did for us was wake a lot of this stuff up. 
It got people to pay attention to what's going on. So I really hope that people are paying attention to what you're saying right now because I have been. I'm following it. And at the current trajectory, we're looking at 100 million dead to starvation and uh, non-weather acclimation substances, right? Like uh, substances, like you said, over in Europe, people freezing to death because they don't have heat or AC because the government's shutting that crap down. So please do some research, pay attention. This is not a joke. We're talking about a lot, a lot of many people potentially dying if they don't wake up from this. So, um, well, they're, they're going to wake up whether they want to or not. I mean, right. You can't, if you can't (laughs) eat, you're going to wake up. So it's just up to you if you want to, you know, face the truth now and try and try and remedy this while you still can or suffer through the consequences. Uh, you know, my whole mantra has been, I'm going to speak out while I still can, and I'm going to call attention to this stuff while we still have an opportunity to make a difference. And, you know, if, if people, uh, you know, want to just bury their head in the sand and, and pray that it all works out, uh, it isn't, it isn't going to work out. Like we, we need people that are actually pro proactively, uh, tackling these really complex matters. And I, my belief is that the libertarians are the best people to do it because we're one of the few people that understand central banking and economics in a way that's <clears throat> in my, in my view, true, as opposed to the unbelievable liars that, you know, run the central banks of the world. So, uh, I, this is our, this is our moment. This is our job. Uh, so we got to do it. And we can't pass this up, but we missed, we, it, we, man. And when I say missed, that is an understatement of the century when we missed on COVID lockdowns. No shit. We didn't even take a swing. We didn't even come out of the dugout. We just <laughs> let the pitcher softball strikes and we sat there and lost. So yeah. let's learn from that mistake. Let's there's, move forward. There's a reason this thing exists. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> you know, like that's Love that's it. the whole reason, man. Cause I, I don't think that I I Honestly, if the Libertarian Party was on the front lines like they should have been against the lockdown regime, I would have never got involved. I would have been like, my people got this. Uh, we're good to go. Uh, but that's not what happened. They they bit their tongue. They, uh, you know, many Libertarians came out and and advocated for, you know, a wait and see approach. Like, well, what if this is really hyper lethal? Well, then we should, you know, be masking and doing all this stuff and, and mandating it if we have to. I mean, just unbelievably unlibertarian uh, views, yeah. just cowardly views to, yeah. to hold. Um, and I'll never forgive those people. And I'm, I'm grateful that many of them have less, left the Libertarian Party because if you value security over freedom, you aren't one of us. Uh, I, right. To my bones, I believe that. And a lot of people that called themselves Libertarians got proven to not be. Proven. And those people, those people should not represent us. They should not be the the vanguard of our of our movement. Uh, they should not be the ones that are propagating our messaging. And I just thank God that they're all going away. Finally. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Thank God they're being weeded out. And <clears throat> I have a lot of Mises friends and a lot of Mises people. I have uh, Angela McCardle coming on again for a third or fourth time. Come on soon. Yeah, she's uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, she's freaking great. A brilliant, a brilliant person. Aggressive. Just absolutely great. Love Angela can't wait to have her back on again um yeah i'm actually not a mises member right and there's there's things that about about the mises caucus that i'm like man y'all didn't do that right you know what i mean like that that wasn't the best way to go about it but with the takeover that mises has done we've seen an entirely different libertarian party when it comes to bold messaging and i absolutely applaud it i was even fighting with somebody on twitter because they're mad that the LP Twitter account was dunking on people. Like, what do you think Twitter's for? That's <laughs> what it's for. That's what we do. Calm yep. down. Take some Prozac or some Xanax or something. Go smoke a joint. Go have some fun. No. Oh, you're only mad because we decided to adopt as an entire party. You know what? We're not going to accept this idea of being silent and playing cordial and Oh, but my decorum. No, I don't care about your decorum. I don't care about your demeanor. I don't care about your professionalism. I want you dunking on these clowns. I want you making bold statements. And that's what we're doing now. And that's what we missed poorly, badly. And in my opinion, decisive. They were they were intentional on missing it during the COVID era. We had a chance. 
We had a shot where we could just smash the Republicans and the Democrats and say no. And we didn't do it. Instead, well, we cowered and tucked our tail between our legs. Yeah, it's pathetic. Uh, I mean, look at look at the trajectory of my show from starting in May 2020, making my entire purpose, my entire focus on the COVID lockdown regime. And I went from like 2,000 followers to 50,000 followers. I've now had over a million downloads of my show. Imagine if the imagine if the LP was that, you know, like imagine yeah. if the entire LP was that. That's these are these are rare moments where telling unpopular truths when they're unpopular. Amen. That, that's the key. Um, mm -hmm. You can you can change your entire trajectory of your of your movement. Uh, and I'm I'm so disappointed that they didn't capitalize on it. But the good news is that we are still experiencing awful tyranny. Um, so <laughs> we, we still have that opportunity to change things in a very dramatic fashion and, and not a moment too soon. I mean, the next three years nope. are going to tell the tale of what happens in this country uh, and arguably on Amen. this planet. So uh, maybe not even three years, it may be the next three months. I mean, the, the, yep. the, the fact that we are on the precipice of you know World War III with Russia and no one even mentions it hardly except for the Libertarian Party. Uh, I'm just so grateful to be a part of this and I'm so grateful that this organization has woken the fuck up because it's right. we don't have any time to waste. I mean, we didn't have time to waste 10 years ago. We didn't have time to waste, but now we absolutely have not a minute to waste. Um, and these are the people that need to be involved and thank God they're doing it. Yeah, amen. Could not be any more 100% cosign, 1,000% correct. Glad we're doing it. And you can hate me for not you, obviously. You can hate me all you want for saying it. I don't care, but I'm sick of you whining about the LP removing things from the platform or you know, still freaking gatekeeping the LP because you want it to look like the way you want it to look like. I'm done with it. Go take that garbage somewhere else. We are on a mission now. We have literally a country to save. Stop. <laughs> Tuck your vagina back in. Remove the panties from it and get on with it. Because if you don't, we can lose quickly. And we have yeah. been losing quickly. And yes, so, we have been. It's just remarkable to me that these people are still doing this. And, and I shouldn't be <clears throat> even astonished by it, right? Clint? I mean, I really shouldn't. But at the same time, it's like, Maybe you should take five seconds to look around the country and realize what the hell is going on. Shut your mouth and let's get some work done. I, I think that, you know, it was a true litmus test on people's priorities more than anything over the past two years. Like if your focus has been on race relations in America, as opposed to the COVID regime, you failed your, your focus, your principles, you don't have a fucking clue what's going on. You don't have Not a fucking one. clue what's going on. So that's that's why I am so grateful that we are now able to to control the messaging apparatus of the LP because it's like we need to focus on what matters. Like I'm not saying right. that racism isn't an issue. Don't be fucking stupid. I'm not saying that. Right. I'm saying it isn't the it isn't the key issue that that we need to spend 90% of our time talking about. Not at all. Like, not not even close. So not even lock in. You know, lock in, lock in on what matters, um, lock yeah. in on what's actually affecting people's lives. I mean, the, the COVID regime, the inflation that we're experiencing now, the the, uh, you know, the social unrest, the drug addiction, the the deaths from people just sitting in their house from not getting uh, the care that they needed. Uh, suicides, the, the violence, the theft, all of this was foreseeable. All of it, I, I put out a thread. I, unfortunately, because I have to you know, worry about bans, I have all of my tweets delete yeah. automatically after seven days. But if, oh, wow. if you could go back in time and see my thread in fucking May of 2020, I put out a 25 tweet thread where I, I laid out the entire next two years. And I said, this is all of these things are going to happen. All of these things. And guess what? Every single one of them is happening right now. And it's not because I'm some fucking yeah. psychic or some genius. It's that I right. understand I understand economics and I understand human nature. And and the people that do understand those things, they have to be the ones that are messaging. You know, th those have to be the, the, the leaders of our movement because 
you have to be willing to to look two steps ahead. If you can't do that, you're useless to us because this is a, a very rapidly, uh, you know, evolving problem. And if you're just mm-hmm. going to be caught up in like, well, what about this thing today? It's like it's it's not about this thing today. It's about the policies today and the ramifications that are inevitable going going to come from those decisions. Uh, so you know, yep. <laughs> not a moment to spare. Okay. Not a moment to spare. And like you said, uh, and me and my father were talking about this just two or three days ago. It's not about being a psychic. It's not about being a prophet. It's about understanding basic pathological patterns and understanding those, uh, the more uh, prominent results that come from said patterns. And it doesn't, you don't have to have a degree to understand this. All you have to do is just pay attention. Just pay attention. Yeah. And we we can see what falls in line down the road after. And don't buy the lies. Don't buy the lies that you don't can shut down the economy and print trillions of dollars and you're not going to have uh, you know, terrible economic consequences from it. It's nonsense. Anybody it's with fucking an ounce of common sense knew it was nonsense. Um, but apparently, you know, even libertarians are capable of being cowed in moments of uh, you know, severe crisis. And I'm not saying that COVID wasn't a crisis. It was. Uh, but the crisis that that will that is starting to uh, uh, you know arise because of the decisions that our governmental leaders made during that period uh, pales in comparison. I mean, if you have a global depression, if you have a global uh, you know starvation, or like, come on, it, nothing nothing's going to come close to what COVID represented, um, and and they made that trade off. They made yep. it with fear mongering on the on the front end and printing on the back end. And we're all paying the consequences for it. And the libertarians are the only ones that really understand this stuff. Uh, and this is why I'm I'm this is why I rock with the LP. This is why I am a libertarian, <laughs> because, you know, even though I still I obviously align more with the GOP when it comes to their rhetoric than I do with the Democrat Party right now. Um, the only people that really get this are the libertarians. Like they, they are very special people. I wish it weren't the yeah. case. I wish we were the fucking average common person, but we're not. We're very unique. Um, yeah, so, very. Thank God. Thank God that I found my my tribe. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Same. Th- I'm I'm right there with you. Same thing. Absolutely, 100. Um, it was kind of relatively easy for me. I'll spare the backstory, but it was very easy to me. Um, very easy for me. Uh, real quick, I want to get to our uh, our last sponsor. Joe Soloski, J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I. Joe Soloski for Pennsylvania governor. He is running with the Keystone Party, actually. So if you're looking for another person and you're in uh, Pennsylvania, you definitely don't want Republicans. You definitely don't want Democrats. Libertarians are obviously the big option. But maybe you didn't like who they elected in their... um, convention right so you want to check it out so check out joe soloski maybe he's your man i actually will have joe on in a couple of weeks and you can hear from him and what the keystone party is all about as libertarian minded people i firmly believe in the process of electing the best person for the job and not straight line party or straight ticket voting i am fully against that although i support 99.9999999 percent of libertarians I do love Joe. He's a great man. So go check him out. JoeSoloski.com. JoeSoloski.com. And maybe you decide to go libertarian candidate. That would make my heart happy as well. Just don't vote Republican or Democrat. Please, for the love of God, in Pennsylvania, don't do that. JoeSoloski.com. Thank you, Joe, for sponsoring the show. All right, so let's get on. Uh, We only have a few minutes left here. You had Judge Knapp on here very recently, which, uh, which is amazing, honestly. Hey, he's all over the news quite frequently all the time. Very informed, very intelligent. He's a freaking judge. And <laughs> and you get to have him on frequently. So congrats to you. Every, every Thursday, man. He's great. Yeah, every, yeah, Thursday. Yeah, you said that that's the one thing I, I heard on the, the show last week was that's like that was his dedicated show day. So congrats on um, landing that kind of a, a well, major of a big fish. I'm fortunate enough sure. to get people like uh, Carol Roth, Matt Kibbe, Spike Cohen on multiple, multiple times, basically whenever I want, pretty much. But um, 
not not somebody that's going to come on my show like every week like Judge Nat for you. So congratulations. <laughs> that's amazing. We're actually yeah. along the – I wanted to mention this earlier. We're kind of on the same trajectory here, I would say. Maybe you're a little bit further along. I've been podcasting for about a year now, and I get to have all these major names on it quite frequently. And I think you had been doing it for, what, like two years, and now you're at about seven – 70 to 100,000 downloads a month or something crazy like that? Yeah, I'm, I do. This month I did 125,000. So that was, that's, that's the, that's the record. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm just getting, you know, bigger and bigger guests. And I, I think I'm yeah. getting a more and more loyal audience that, you know, they really, I have people like if I don't put out two or three episodes a week, people start messaging me going like, Hey dude, what's up? Hey, what's up? <laughs> like, like they're waiting for <laughs> yeah. another one. And that, that, that tells you that, you know, you're doing something special because if people are like actually waiting for it, that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So congratulations, dude. I couldn't be more Thank happy you. for you. Very proud of you. Yeah. You're very welcome. I mean, I'm, I feel it in my soul because like, I'm a very brand new newbie at this. And I tell my audience all the time, which is this show, uh, a little bit, you know, obviously a lot less than yours, but it is one of the fastest and larger growing shows in the libertarian movement. I nice. believe this to be a, an elected position. People can vote with their time and they right. choose to spend their time here with me having amazing guests on like you who has amazing guests on like Judge Knapp to talk about the Trump raid with the FBI. <laughs> and at the time of that episode, Judge Knapp was like, I don't, uh, in, uh, you know, correct me in, on everywhere that I'm wrong here. But basically, he was saying that I don't think it's a fishing expedition. I think they've got XYZ marked off and there's their boxes are checked and yada, yada, yada. Now, I'm going to have to disagree with Judge Knapp because That's fine. every freaking day, the story and narrative has changed. Right. Now, everybody knows or you know, most everybody that follows me knows that I am a, a never Trumper. I don't have TVS, right? I love Trump in the entertainment value. I don't have anything against the guy. I just I just don't want him as the president, right? Never voted for him, never will. Okay. I never voted for him, but I still preferred him over Biden, to be honest. Well, I, I don't know any sane person that wouldn't at this point in juncture. <laughs> okay. Time, right. Like that, that would be, that's a ridiculous thing to say. Like, no, man, I'd much rather, like, wow. Oh, there's, there's still some people out there that prefer no, they are. Biden, believe yeah, it or yeah. not. They're pretty retarded, but yeah, they, they do exist, right? Like yes, there's, there's medicine for that, y'all. Hi, Pendulette. Yeah, we're talking to you, bud. <laughs> Pendulette. Oh, man, what a fall from grace that guy is. Um, oh, my God. <clears throat> but the narrative keeps changing every day as to why they raided Trump's house, okay? First, it was, uh, you know, certain documents. Then it was classified documents. Then it was maybe documents that were, Sold to some, the narrative changed every day. Nobody wanted to take responsibility for the Trump raid until I think it was like four days afterwards. And you might think it'd be yourself, hey, Noel, Cajun Libertarian, that's not a real big deal. Yes, it is for an unprecedented raid on a former president's house. Yes, it is. Explanations are needed immediately because everything in the atmosphere of this country right now is very hot, smoking, and fast. So explanations are needed and they're needed immediately. And they did not give them like three or four days after the raid happened. Here comes uh, the, the, the DOJ. Right. And he said, okay, I I'm the one that made personal the call. Okay. Well, why didn't you say that at the beginning? Yeah. Merrick Garland. Sorry. Um, Why didn't you say at the very beginning? And then after that, they steal Trump's passports. Then they say they didn't steal Trump's passports. Trump says, here's the evidence. And then they right. say, "Oh, my bad. We did steal you know, your passports. We're, we're, we'll we're give returning them back to the you. passports." Yeah, no, <laughs> you're right. I mean, the story has has evolved a lot. I don't think that that means that Judge Knapp is necessarily incorrect. That that at the you know at its at its core that they they have evidence that he uh, took the highest level clearance documents. Uh, you know, I, I'm of the vantage point that it doesn't matter because I don't think that. You know, he was the fucking former president. He had the right to declassify and classify declassify. anything he wanted. Um, but this is this is where it gets weird. There's a potential that he declassified those documents on his way out, and Biden could have reclassified them to then, you know, make him in violation of espionage law. Unbelievable. That that would make it very very um, dark, you know, because then you have very... once again the DNC functioning as a uh, you know a mechanism to undercut and potentially imprison uh you know donald trump which they have tried 
you know, you, you could say you have TDS, but I hope you're at least uh, on board with. No, I don't have TDS. No, no, no. I know, but you're never Trumpers. Sorry, uh, <laughs> right, but right, I, right. but I, I, I hope you're on board with me that the, you know, the deep state apparatus has been functioning to undermine his presidency and, in 100%. fact, prevent him from becoming president and then trying to impeach him multiple times on bullshit, not just bullshit, but yeah, projected yeah. bullshit things that, in fact, the Biden administration and the DNC was guilty of themselves all along. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, I, I have no idea. I, I like people get mad yeah, at me when I even have an opinion on this as to like what's going on. My personal belief is that you do not raid a former president's home unless you have something. I don't believe that you would do that. Now, could they have? Sure, it's possible. Uh, but I like whether they intend to plant something or they had something that they knew, you know, dead to rights they had him on. Uh, I think that, that that's the more likely answer. It's just more likely. Because I don't think you do it on on a hope and a hmm. prayer. That's such that's that's such a precedent setting thing. Like imagine the GOP gets back in charge by some miracle, and and the and then you know DeSantis or whoever it is decides, okay, well you guys have already made this an acceptable thing to do, so we're going yeah. to raid Hunter Biden's house, Joe Biden's house. You know we're going to do that. Like hey, yeah. fair is fair, brother. Like you you guys fucking changed the entire paradigm. You decided that and this DeSantis is what we're able to do. do. It. Well, he might. I don't know. would do it. I think he Maybe. would do it. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I honestly, until he's president, I, I will have no opinion as to right. how much of, right. of a serious, you know, real deal type duty is. But um, point being, you just don't you just don't set that precedent. And right. unless you have him dead to rights. So, you know, that's that's kind of Napolitano's viewpoint on it as well. And I share it with him that that they probably do have something serious uh, or, you know, at least something serious in terms of they should be able to pin it to him. So. We'll see, man. I, I think that, you know, if they prevent him from running, if they fuck, if they indict him, if they charge him, if they, you know, put him on trial, if they put him behind bars, like this whole this whole country uh, falls apart. So I hope yeah. I'm wrong. I really, really do. I do, too. I do. I hope I'm wrong as well. And so here's my real concern. Right. I'm not saying I, I, I'm the guy. Let me rephrase this. I'm the guy that says. Yes, I do believe Trump is guilty of crimes. I do believe Trump is worthy <laughs> of prison time. Yes. But if you're going to go that route, then you need to imprison every single president that is still alive since Woodrow Wilson. So yep. don't pick this guy out of the bunch to do it, because here's my greatest. It's not that we're going to set some sort of precedent that, OK, well, we throw Trump in jail or or at the the very I don't think he's going to jail even if they frog walk him out of Mar-a-Lago I don't think he goes to jail I just think they prevent him from running again and then you just get eight year a clear and easy eight years of DeSantis where then he does that stuff that's not my concern my concern is the people who have right. watched regardless of whether they're informed or not they have watched for seven years this dude get vilified. These hardcore, you know, cultist sheep worshipers of the guy and the ones that aren't. They're yep. going to watch him get hauled off to jail or handcuffed out of Mar-a-Lago when we know about Hillary's emails, when we know about Anthony Weiner, when we know about Bill Clinton, when we know about George W. Bush. Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah. When we know about Hunter Biden's laptop. Man, this will go hot quick. That's my major concern. It's Should I same not exact same? Okay, well, that, was, that was my question. <laughs> no, no, that that's the that's the whole reason for my concern with this. It's like I could give a fuck less about Trump. I don't know how much more explicit I could make it. Like I don't care right. what happens to him, but he is he is a figurehead. He is a icon. Right. He is yes. you know he's like almost a deity amongst the right. You don't go after that guy unless you you know expect the consequences. And my fear is that they know what the consequences are and they want that. They want to have a reason to suppress the dissident right. And if that if that happens, it's I mean, our entire way of life changes dramatically instantly. Uh, you have all of this evidence that and this is why I bring it up to the libertarian audience so often is, you know, a lot of libertarians, uh, especially the the good ones, you know, the ones that, uh, you know, bit their tongue during covid and basically right. stand for nothing think that they're gonna they're, they're like i don't vote for republicans i have nothing to worry about I'm, I'm not one of those radicals talking about abolishing the fbi i have nothing to worry about <laughs> look dude they're coming for all of us like the, absolutely you have, you have fucking uh general michael hayden 
former director of the CIA saying that the the conservatives are the most dangerous whatever da 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 da, da uh, political movement. Most he's dangerous ever seen. extremist group that he's ever seen. Dude yeah. went through the Rwandan Rwandan uh, genocide. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but my no. God, is that freaking dangerous? What he's saying is absolutely dangerous. Genocide he was responsible after for genocide. He was responsible for fucking arming and funding, you know, the Taliban and ISIS and all sorts of other organizations. So yeah, I mean that's that's so detached from reality. But the point is that you then have uh, Brennan, who was the other former head of the CIA, who's an, also an overt communist. He has already come out and said, you know, the libertarians, like they include us yeah. in this category. Absolutely. Uh, then you have the then you have the domestic violent extremist, uh, you know, memo that on day one of uh, of Biden's presidency, and also more recently via that Veritas leak, once again yeah. categorized. Anarcho-capitalists, which is fucking libertarians, man. Yep. So, like, they have us all in this together. Like, whether you like it or not, they are coming for all of us yep. in this in this way. So, if they're going to take it to its logical extreme, and and try and prevent Trump from running, then you're probably going to see dissident right wingers, not libertarians, but dissident right wingers, rise up, and then they have all of the you know the they ammunition they need to just come crashing down on these people. And that is not something I want to see happen. So this is why I'm pointing it out now, because I want people to understand Amen. what's happening. Amen. So freaking well said. I've been saying it time and time and over again. They are literally lumping us all into the same demographic. I don't care what you think you identify as. They right. are lumping anybody. And here's here's what I say. They're lumping anyone who's pro 1A, pro 2A, all in the same category. Yep. If you're pro free speech and you're pro Second Amendment, you're getting lumped into this category. Yep. And between the Alex Jones trial and the Donald Trump raid, this government wants silence or they want violence. And we can't afford to give them neither. Yes. But don't be well don't be daft, don't be naive and think that oh I'm not that guy. They'll never do that to me. No, shut your mouth. You're an <laughs> idiot. You've got your head in the sand. Wake up because yep. it doesn't matter what you think you're going to say on Twitter with your 14 followers, <laughs> me included with only 7,000, right? They're coming, okay? Yeah. If we don't well, put into this, they're weaponized. And then let me let me also add, you know, if they were coming after the left as as aggressively, I would still be sounding the alarm. You know, it's I'm not I'm it's not right. really like I'm not picking a side here in terms of no. like oh I now I ride with the Republicans. I'm saying if you have a political apparatus that is that is weaponized and deciding and basically locking its sights in on a certain political dissident movement, um, that is that is a recipe for disaster. It doesn't matter what the political Fact. movement is, um, and it just happens to be really catastrophic because there's fucking. 80 million Republicans or something in this country that, you know, they could, they could potentially, uh, you know, really try and suppress. And those people aren't going to just accept suppression no, forever. Like you will no. end up with real violence from that. So, you know, it's I, the only reason I bring it up is because I don't want that outcome. Um, you know, it's, it's, very, it's a very dangerous path to be on. And I think that it's really important that we let the politicians know, we see what you're doing. You know, we see what you're, where you're headed with all of this. And and we are imploring you, pleading, don't do it. Do not go down this path. Please. It's not good for any of us, man. Um, we don't need to live like this. We don't need to function with this, you know, incredibly tribalistic mentality where we're at, at each other's throats over everything. It's like we can we can agree to just go our separate ways peacefully. You don't have to be so dominating over everyone that has, uh, you know, some some little smidgen of a belief in liberty. It's 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 sick. Um, and this is why I'm I'm very concerned. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's absolutely valid, Clint. I, I hard agree on everything you've said tonight. Thank you so much for coming on the show, bro. We're out of time. Please give us a white pill to end the show and tell us where we can follow you and where we can have the hope and concerns and anything that you have to pitch to make sure that you grow your brand faster because you are on a skyrocket level upwards. I hope to follow in your wake. Thank you so much for coming on the show, but let everybody know where, where, where we can find you. Sure. Uh, at Liberty Lockpot on Twitter, uh, just I'm at like 49.2. So I need 800 more followers to get to 50,000. Do it before they nuke me. Come on. I got to get to that milestone <laughs> before they nuke me. That'd be really a beautiful thing. Uh, if you want to follow the show, obviously, Liberty Lockdown on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all over the place. Just search Liberty Lockdown. You'll find me. Uh, this Thursday, I have, well, actually, tom tomorrow night, 
I'm having Fiorella Isabella and like a bunch of base lefties on to talk about the uh, the assassination uh, that just happened. I'm forgetting her name. Shit. The assassination just happened in Russia last night. Uh, I can't oh, wow. remember. Wow, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, so uh, one of them, Fiorella, actually is now in Russia. So she's reporting for RT. So she's going to be on my show tomorrow night to give us the latest on that. And uh, it'll be a panel discussion. So I'm very... Like I think that's probably the most important topic today is preventing World War III, and then from there, preventing the Great Reset. Uh, so on Thursday, I'll have Dave Smith on, which will obviously be great as always. And then uh, I have a bunch more, you know, huge guests lined up for the remainder of the month. But first week, it's actually September fourth, nine a.m. Eastern. I will have Sticks Hexenhammer debating Dave Smith on Liberty Lockdown on uh, Donald Trump's legacy. That will be an absolute barn burner. So I hope people don't miss that. As far as white pills go. Um, you know, there's, there's a ton of reason for hope. Uh, you know, it's, it seems really hopeless because it's like, I feel, I feel like a lot of people are just waking up to how grave this is. But to me, if you, if you can get more and more people to understand what we're talking about, there's no reason to believe that we can't win this. There's really right. no reason to like, I still, I still believe that like there's there's cycles of tyranny and freedom that happen uh, historically, and it just it just boils down to how much suffering are we going to have to go to, go through to get back to that that uh, that better time. Um, mm. And unfortunately, we are headed into the teeth of the bad times. We've already been in the teeth for a while, but we're starting to get chewed up. Uh, so I think that that we're going to get to the other side of this, and and if if people like us, people that share our beliefs uh, are able to kind of mold public debate and, and try and get our ideas to be implemented within the reform of whatever happens after the collapse or hopefully not a collapse, hopefully just a reform. Um, <laughs> I think that, that we have more and more uh, reason to believe that we could have a, a future that's far brighter than we could have ever imagined. And, and given the technological in innovation that that's paired with that, I think that we could have, you know, just a better a better life than we could even imagine, like ever imagine. So, I'm not I like despite the fact that I talk about the darkest shit all the time. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I I am I am ultimately a deep optimist. I really believe that we're going to get through the other side of this thing and we are going to create something beautiful. So, get involved and Amen. keep speaking the truth, Ben. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I'm with you. I um I, I talk about the dark stuff all the time it's is but matt has uh addressed it so matt kibbe has addressed it several times like you got to be more of an optimist man i was yeah. like dude i'm trying but what the hell do you look, you know, look around oh, us, it's, but, it's um, gonna be hard i'm not trying to say it's yeah. not gonna be hard but i think i yes, think no. we will get through and i think it will be a uh, a more beautiful future than we could ever imagine yeah i and look for for the people like you and the people like Matt and, my, and myself and all of us that are legitimately putting in the effort and work time and hard, you know, blood and sweat and, and time away from our families. Look, it matters. It makes a difference. You never know. I use it. And we'll end on this. I use this analogy all the time. Billy Graham is uh, on record as statistically the greatest Christian evangelicus of uh, evangelist of all time. He was nine years old. He went to a tent revival of like less than 400 people. I mean, it was a little bitty old dirt tent revival in Oklahoma. He got saved. He changed the world. Yeah. One person. You never know who you're going to reach. So, Clint, exactly. you are amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show, dude. Uh, we didn't get to everything I wanted to get to, but you know how it goes with these conversations. Yeah, it's all man. good, dude. Uh, hopefully I can have you back on again real soon and we can hash it up again. Until then, thank you very much. And uh, we'll be following you and paying attention to everything you have to say. Thank you, brother. Yeah, Continued thank success. Thank you. You too. Talk to you soon. Absolutely freaking amazing conversation with Clint. As I expected, it would go, right? I mean, just fire, um, shooting off the hip, talking about all the things that matter. And, 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 and again, we didn't even get to get everything that we had. I still got notes here left that we weren't able to get to. Doesn't matter. Absolutely fire conversation. Thank you again, Clint. Um, for having or coming on the show and having a great conversation. Thank you. All of you to those in the audience watching, paying attention. There's a, a, a like an unparalleled amount of freaking uh, comments in the comment section. Uh, we're one hour and five minutes over. So 
or not over, but you know, we're over by a few minutes. So I'm really trying to be more professional and take this thing seriously and not just BS because I think these things are very important. There's a lot of people that listen and watch this show now. So I want to keep it to the time limit so that we keep those listeners and we keep those loyal people, that loyal audience. And you guys are amazing. Like I said, elected position, you vote with your time. You're here with me spending the time, the important time of learning from people like Clint Russell and Liberty Lockdown. So make sure you follow him on Twitter. Uh, listen to his shows. And I'm telling you, go to Matt Kibbe too, by the way, Kibbe for Liberty, and listen to Clint's uh, conversation with Matt. It's phenomenal. It's a great conversation. It's something that you can learn big time. Go back and listen to my episodes with Carol Roth, Extraordinary Economist. On the Glenn Beck radio program every week. She's been on my show a couple of times. Extremely brilliant, amazing economist. Okay. Go check my Dave Smith episode. Great episode. Every time Spike comes on the show. Every time Larry Sharp comes on the show. Big names. Big people. Great ideas. White pills. Things that need to be done. Go check them out. Follow me. Subscribe. If you haven't already kindly smash that like button hit subscribe and hit the notifications bell so every time i go live with people like spike and larry sharp dave smith clint russell hannah cox libertarian redhead i mean the list is just forever long you don't miss one of those shows you catch all of them you get all the information carol roth all of them i love each and every one of you very, very, very much. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for traveling this journey with me in real time as we learn from these people that are incredibly informed so we can get back because we do have a chance to get us back. We are not lost, but it needs each and every one of us, each and every one of you, every boot on the ground, every voice in the movement. And we'll win. We will win. I love you very much. I will see you same Cajun time, same Cajun channel, thinking about implementing a new show, a new episode. So stay tuned. I'll put it out on Twitter, crop it, tweet it, all that fun stuff, throw it on Facebook so you'll know where to go. Um, but if not, if I don't do that show this week, then I'll see you Sunday night. Same cage of time, same cage of channel, and I'm out of love each and every one of y'all.